Welcome to the Thrive Church Weekly Podcast. We pray that you will be blessed and encouraged by this message today. Thanks for tuning in. Come on. I, uh, about oh, 20 years ago, I, um, I was filled with the Holy Spirit. And um, I just got really intrigued before that with um, having an experience with God, not just uh, hearing about Him, not just uh, making that decision to follow Him, you know, give my life to Him as Lord and Savior. Um, but I just wanted an experience, and I went to these meetings at the Christchurch Horticultural Centre, and um, there was a guy ministering there, and he was just a bit radical. He was very out there. He was, people were falling over, and just like, ah, oh, just what's going on? Happened. I'd never seen anything like it in my life. He, um, and, and I was like, gee, God looks like he's really ministering and encountering these people. And at the same time, I was like, is this just fake? You know, like, what's going on with this? And so um, he, um, he called me out. He, point, he called me out one day and he said, because uh, I'd, be, I'd been there for about a week. And, he, and I thought, as he called me out, I thought to myself, I am absolutely not going to fall over. I am going to determine myself, this is my decision to not, I'm not falling over, I'm not going to do that. And he said, fire of God, fill him from his feet to his head. And he hadn't done that at all during the week that I'd seen. And as soon as he pointed to my feet, my feet went that way. I was like, yeah, that whole falling over thing. Well, I fell over. And I didn't just fall over, I really had an encounter with God. He filled my heart. I had some deliverance, and we could talk about that more at a later stage, but it was radical. And I went and, and I went from that meeting shaking under God's power. I, was, I shook for about two weeks um, at various times, and then for months and months afterwards, I couldn't, I, every time I came into church, I, um, the, the presence of God, I don't know, it was the climate of God was just more here. I would just do this. Like, I could not stop myself. I remember standing, it was like, and people would be looking down the row at me and I'd be like, <laughs> yeah, feeling really awkward uh, about that whole thing. And I just, you know, God just changed my life in, those, in that moment. Like, I had such an amazing experience with Him. And I just, I'm, I'm saying that because. I just, I want you to be hungry. Just continue to be hungry. Don't be satisfied with the measure that you have of God. Like hunger and thirst for righteousness. Like that's what Jesus said. It says that they will be filled. And it's not experience just for the sake of experience. You know, like that's fun and he fills us with joy, but it's encounter, it's change, it's transformation. It's taking our mindsets and, and shifting those. It's freedom as well. Like, you know, when I had this encounter, I was like, I'm not going to look stupid in front of everyone. And then for the last next few months, I, I really did look a little awkward. Uh, and, and, and sometimes in this season, I felt God's presence just increasing. And so... If anyone's praying for us, thank you for that. I'm just like, we're really feeling God's prayers at those prayers and, and just the, the, um, the sense of like expectation of what God wants to do with everyone who's a part of our family and within this region. And so if you see me like, like you know, like that's, I'm not putting that on. That's like God just kind of 
touching me and getting me into a posture of humility. That's how I've just kind of like, I'm like, well, you know, I'd like to be like this. But then if I, I'm like that, I end up just bouncing and it stops if I'm like this. So it looks less, a little less weird. But I actually, I, you know, like it's that whole kneeling before God. It's actually that reverence. It's that posture of intercession and humility. I don't know what it is. I don't think I'm amazing in any shape or form other than being in, in Christ Jesus. In Christ Jesus. Well, I'm kind of all right, you know? So are you. <laughs> and so are you. So tonight, we've got this prayer and encounter night with Pastor Chris and Ruth Diarth. And these guys carry a dynamic expression of the Holy Ghost on their life. Chris ministers powerfully in the prophetic, and Ruth does as well, and they want to see everyone encounter God tonight. I want to invite y'all along. Come along at six o'clock for an hour, and, and let's lean in together. Like Let's just really lean in together and get encountered with Jesus. Then we, like, you don't have to go out and pretend you're joyful. Like, you have a natural smile upon your face, you know? Like, sometimes it's like, hey, if you're happy, notify your face. Um, some of you, when I'm speaking, you look like you're really, like, are you sceptical? Do you just go into natural zombie mode of, like, I'm listening? No, you can actually, hey, it's really nice to look at you when you're looking engaged and smiling and expectant of what God's got to do. So, anyway, that's for free. Let's move on. Uh, so, the other thing I wanted to talk with you all about is, um, yeah, uh, is is this uh, is an appointment that Deb and I have actually within our New Life uh, Churches movement, and so our our, our leader, um, Pastor Adam White, he has uh, asked us to be the regional leaders, the Canterbury regional leaders, and yeah, and Canterbury, so you think that's, that's cool, and um, that's uh, like that's cool, and that's kind of scary. So. <laughs> Just be praying for us in this. Um, this appointment is about really being a pastor to pastors and a leader to leaders. Uh, it's, you know, I will be hearing things that I have not heard before. I will be supporting people that I haven't supported before. And um, we'll be organizing events as well. It was a real privilege to uh, organize and host Elevate uh, this year as well. And with it is we've, um, we've been asked to be a part of the national executive. So go up to their meetings and just kind of like be connected uh, with our national movement, which is really cool because there's been, over the years, there has actually been a great divide with, with, between what's been going on in the North Island with New Life and what's happening in the South Island. And it even got to the point where the South Island had their own conference and it was just like, let's be one. And I have a real sense that a part of this appointment is actually to bring this connection with actually the flow of what God's doing right throughout New Zealand. So it's not something like I've put my hand up for. It's voluntary. It's all about serving. And so just be, yeah, just be praying for us as we step into this. Appreciate that. Come into National Conference as well. Just ask the Holy Spirit right now. Holy Spirit, shall I go to National Conference? Green light or red light? What are you getting? Green or red? Just go with it. You got a green light? If you got a green light right there, that's the wisdom of the Holy Spirit. You need that. He's speaking to you and he's going to provide uh, for you. Okay, let's just jump into Hebrews 12. Uh, and Hebrews 12 is, it comes after Hebrews 11. 
how about that? Hebrew 11 is an incredible chapter of faith, uh, and, and it's an exciting chapter about everything that is achieved through faith. And then we jump into Hebrews 12. It's since we're surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, throw off, you know, every weight and the sin that traps you and entangles you and so that you can run, you know, like it's a real. And then it goes into this intense um, uh, dialogue of what it means to be a real son and a daughter of Christ. And it talks a lot about suffering. I'm sorry. It talks about what God's doing in our lives through the process of pain. And it even says, you know, you've not yet resisted temptation to the point of shedding blood. And it's like, oh, yeah, that's a good leveler. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's not that bad, you know. But it, it, it constantly reinforces that God is a father in the middle of those moments. And so Hebrews 13 and 14, it says, once again, it says, mark out a straight path. You know, it's like this run this race. Mark out a straight path for your feet so that those who are weak and lame will not fall but become strong. Do you know God wants you to look ahead in your life and say, this is where I'm going in Jesus' name. Like, this is my course. I can own my lane. I'm not competing against anyone else, but I'm competing against myself and the, and the call and, and the, um, the destiny that God has put in front of me. We're created to go somewhere. Then it says, work at living in peace with everyone and work at living a holy life. For those who are not holy will not see the Lord. Full stop. Drop the mic. Wow. <laughs> For those who are not holy will not see the Lord. And so this, this here is telling us that without holiness, we're not going to see God. We're, we're actually going to be blinded to Him, and we're going to be blinded to the purposes that He wants to show us for our lives. We're actually simply unable to capture God's vision for our lives without holiness, I believe this text is saying. And then the key strategy for the enemy, because, you know, we don't war against flesh and blood, but principalities and powers, you know, the, the devil, he's a thief, he's coming to steal, kill, and destroy. And so the enemy wants to keep us blind to God's, you know, purposes for our lives. He wants us to remain sightless and visionless for everything that God has set apart for us. And it's interesting that holiness means set apart. So it means that we can be set apart in God for great vision and great purpose when we are acting, we are, when we are responding through this call of holiness for our lives. Holiness, let me just tell you, is not a handbrake for fun. <laughs> holiness is not a great restrictor for the expression of joy and freedom and hope. Encourage, but holiness is actually a catalyst for a greater perspective of who God is to us and what He wants to express through our lives. Holiness is to be desired. He's asking us to desire holiness, and don't be, don't listen to the devil when he's just telling you that holiness is just a whole list of things that you can't do. Because, man, that small list is, is tiny compared with what God is telling you that you can do in Christ Jesus. 
So we've got two weeks that we're going to just uh, lean into this, Deb and I, and we're going to um, just speak into what it is, means to have clean hands and pure hearts. Uh, it says this in Psalm 24, verse 3 and 5, Who may ascend to the, into the hill of the Lord, who may stand in his holy place, those who have clean hands and pure hearts. Now God wants to take us up the mountain. He wants to take us up the hill. He's... He doesn't want anyone to be left behind. He doesn't want any stragglers, anyone to just kind of miss out on what this experience, this mountaintop experience is with him. And I just want to encourage you today to come on this journey with us over these next uh, couple of weeks. Hey, when I say uh, Iceland, what do, you, what do you imagine? What do you imagine when I say Iceland? You're, you're thinking Ice. You can. You're, you're thinking that it's even. So, it's so cold that even polar bears are buying fur coats. Yeah. I, when I say Iceland, I just want to go grab a hot chocolate. It just makes me feel colder. It makes me respond to this like, whoa. That's. I don't want to. I don't want to go there. Like our winter's cold enough. Do you know, words have incredible power. You know, I could say that word, or we could say someone's name. We could uh, talk about a location, and uh, immediately you can flick back into that, into that um, season, into that relationship, into those feelings that you experience when we say a name, when we say a word. Words have amazing power. When we think of Iceland, we don't imagine ourselves just you know swimming <laughs> in a tropical reef. It's not. You think, if I'm swimming, it's going to be with icebergs. However, let me tell you this about Iceland. In summer, there is actually minimal snow and ice. There's a, there's a little bit that remains on the mountaintops. Berries, vegetables, flowers grow, and the, and the sun shines on the entire region for 24 hours a day for some time. Like, that's an, it's amazing. It looks beautiful. I want to go to Iceland now. Like, who set me up to think that Iceland is like just a giant freezer? Iceland's not Fiji, but it's a whole lot warmer than its neighbour Greenland, which sounds like a more appealing place. You're thinking like, yeah, I want that vegetation. That means it's warm, but throughout summer... Greenland is still covered in 80%, covered 80% in snow and ice. How about that? So they got things around, they got it around the wrong way, didn't they? Well, that's, it's actually intentional. Because the naming of Iceland was done by a Norwegian Viking about 1,600 years ago, intentionally because he hoped to discourage settlers from coming and settling with him on his piece of land. What a clever wee Viking he was. The power of perception. So today, I want to introduce you to a word that may not sound very appealing to you. It may sound like you're on a one-way trip to Iceland. <laughs> But I hope that through this message today that you're actually going to realize that this word is going to send you to Fiji. That this word has got a destination of greatness 
and freedom around it. It says this in Matthew 3 verse 2, repent. (laughs) Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. You know, Jesus did everything he could do on this planet so that we could have direct access into heaven's reality. He did everything for us so that we could have unlimited experiences and transactions with heaven. He's made a way. He became a gateway for us to receive heaven's finest. And I want to bust the myth myth this morning around the word repent, that it's not just a stale old religious word covered in shame, but this actually is that doorway of opportunity towards seeing heaven's finest roll out in your world with great options that you could experience that you have never that have been closed simply to you because you've never understood what the posture of a repentant heart means. And so today I have three R's of repentance for you. Come on. And I'm believing, I'm just believing that you're going to get unlocked today. I'm believing, yeah, that's right. The pirate came up with this one. I'm believing that that we're just going to get unlocked. That this is only about freedom. This is nothing to do with guilt, condemnation, or anything. But just together today, we just let his word search our hearts. You know, we just, his word is sharp, it's accurate, it divides between soul and spirit, it separates what we need and what we don't need, and it's just like, let's leave that stuff that is irrelevant to our identity in Jesus, and irrelevant to our future in Christ, just leave that behind, and let's move on together up that mountain of God that he has for us as a church. It says this in Psalm 22, verse 27, let all the people of the earth acknowledge the Lord and turn to him. I don't know if you've ever read the Old Testament, but there's a lot of this going on in the Old Testament. Hey, hey people, I'm God now, come over here, you're going the wrong way. And then it's like, hey guys, over, over here, no, you're still going the wrong way, you're meant to come down this aisle, you're going the wrong way. And then he's like, hey, I've moved on from over there. Why are you still camping out like we're going to the promised land? Turn around and come to me. There's a whole lot of God saying, turn, turn, get your eyes on me. There's something for you over here. Why are you stuck in that moment of your life when there's a whole lot more waiting for you here? And he uses this word when it says, let the people of the earth acknowledge the Lord and turn to him. And some versions say, repent in that uh, context. But that word is a, it's a Hebrew word and it's called shub. Everyone turn to your neighbor and say, shub. And you, you get the picture of like, this is, In fact, it's the 12th most common word of the Old Testament. See, God is doing a lot of hollering. He's like, hey, you're over there again. I'm over here. What's up? No, no, come over here, guy. He is, he's shubing his people a heck of a lot in the Old Testament. And it simply means to turn, to turn back, to go back, to return. It implies this radical change of heart. It implies 
you know, that we're actually mindful of sin and, and a decision to leave it behind and agree with God. Like I'm not just turning for directions here. I'm actually going to leave my ways behind. I'm going to leave my old ways and I'm going to step into something that's relevant with who I am today. This word expresses ownership and it takes personal responsibility of its, you know, situation of the of the person's life. They're like, well, yeah, I, when I shoot, I'm, I'm, I'm owning my stuff and I'm going to turn away. I'm going to go in a different direction. And my first R is the R of response. To respond is to repent, is to respond to God. It's, it's choosing to respond to the drawing of the Holy Spirit at, by getting real about where we're at. It's going, I just, yeah, I found myself here and I'm not going to ignore that. I'm not going to pretend that everything's okay, but I'm going to be real about where I'm at. In 2 Chronicles 7, 14, it says this, and my people who are called by my name, humble, so it's like when my people, bless you, humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn, which is shub again, from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and forgive their sin and heal their land. See, God can't heal who we're pretending to be. He's like, let's get it out in the open. Let's be real. And, and, and God shows us through the Bible and through our own experiences, hopefully, that He loves everyone, but He doesn't love everything that everyone does. <laughs> he doesn't love some of the things that flow through my head. He doesn't love some of the things I say. He doesn't love some of the things I've done in my life. You know, He, he doesn't love those, but He still loves me. He still accepts me. And even in the Old Testament before Jesus, we see how repentance leads us into healing. It says, I'll forgive their sins and I'll heal their land. Who knew that land got sick and had a cold and you know, had to just get well? But God's saying that He will heal the land and the you know, land in the context of producing food, of being, you know, in that day and age, that was their, the way that they survived and thrived in life. Was, it was all about the land. But, you know, what's God saying over our businesses? What's He saying over our income streams? As we turn to Him, He wants to heal what's, what's sick. He's not just looking just at you. He's actually looking at the expression of your world. And going like, there's things I want you to, to walk into. And there's, there's, there's healing, not just for who you are. And it's, it's actually going to affect the lives of others. In James 5.16, it says, Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. And, and often we, we quote that that the prayer of the righteous person is powerful and, 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 and um, effective, and we, but we miss the first part of that verse. It's actually saying here that being real, <laughs> talking about your brokenness, talking about your frustrations and your baggage and, and receiving prayer from someone else, 
They're the powerful, effective prayers. You know, our confession will unlock God's expression to us. When we confess, he wants to reveal his expression into our lives. And this gateway, it's a gateway of grace, repentance is. It's, it's, it's found by being real and about the stuff that God is putting his hand on and, and saying to us. There's an American senator um, by the name of Paul Gazelka, who's, who's a Christian, and um, he's a top guy. After hearing him speak, I was just, man, that's awesome. And one day he's, he's in the Senate or somewhere, but he's walking um, down a hallway, and, and one of his colleagues passed him, and he, and he felt like the Holy Spirit say to him, I want you to tell him that I really like him a lot. And um, Paul walks about three paces past this guy, and, and he says, excuse me. <laughs> This is going to seem weird, but I just believe that the Lord is, you know, asking me to, to tell you that he really likes you a lot. And when he told his colleague this, his colleague's face fell. And he got extremely flustered and, and he said, you have no idea what that means to me right now. Go those small words of obedience. And so Paul took him aside into another room and said, you know, what's going on for you? And the guy went on to tell him that just the night before he had cheated on his wife and that he was completely messed up. And so Paul was able to go on and minister to him. God likes you a lot. God likes you a lot. No matter where you're at, the Bible says that at just the right time, Christ Jesus died for us. He didn't die for us when we had our stuff sorted. He died for us in our worst moments. He died for us when we're in a, you know, we're just going in the complete opposite direction. His smile is on you. He likes you no matter what you're doing. <laughs> no matter what your hidden life is like at the moment, what your secret places in your heart is like, the way you think. He absolutely likes you. Just turn to your neighbor and say, God likes you. He, li he likes you, not a little bit. He likes you a lot. How much does that blow our paradigm? That God would say that. It challenged me when I heard that. I was just like, that guy is a prick. You know, <laughs> sorry. It was a very worldly word to use. Yet, I'm like, God, yeah, I want to like, I want to like people like you like people. <laughs> I want to be willing, like you are willing to break into someone's world and and that man, because he confessed, because he owned what he needed to own, he had his innocence restored. And that's what the power of repentance does. It hits the reset on our situation, and, and forgiveness restores the standard.
It restores the standard of righteousness, of holiness, so that we can live guilt-free and blame-free. And so innocence restored actually empowers us to be totally free in our life, no matter what's gone on yesterday even. In Romans 2 verse 4, it says that it's the kindness of God that leads us to repentance. Religion says, I messed up. My father is going to kill me. Sonship says, I messed up. I need to call my dad. There's a paradigm shift there. There's a, a sense of like, I, I can, I can, my dad is approachable no matter what I've gone through. And, and maybe someone needs to hear that today where you've just been hiding away in your shame and your almost religious posture of going, it's all good on the stage. It's all good. It's all good. Yeah, it's all good, which is a very Kiwi, isn't it? It's all good. We're just polite, too, too polite to say anything else. You know, it's all good. But God's saying, let down the walls today. Let those walls come down before your dad, your heavenly father. He's not just your Lord. <laughs> he is your dad. He loves you with an everlasting love. In 1 John 1, 9, it says, but if we confess our sins to God, he will keep his promise and do what is right. See, God's even like, in, he's like, you know, I know what's right and it is right for me because of what Jesus has done, you know, to forgive us, our sins, and purify us from all wrongdoing. And so we get that restart. We get that, that word wrongdoing is actually righteousness in many translations. We are actually right in God. We're in the right place at the right time with the right identity in that moment. And so God is interested in our response. And he cannot bless or empower who we pretend to be. In Psalm 51, David spoke it out after he messed up big time, you know, like he had killed a man. He had slept with that man's wife and he'd hidden that even for a while. And then he got challenged by a prophet who came to him and he owned it at that point. And he said, create in me a clean heart. Create in me a clean heart. Renew a right spirit within me, wash me whiter than the snow. And confession actually unlocks us and brings freedom. It cleans us. And he wants to take you, if you've been in lockdown or you feel locked up and you feel frozen in time, <laughs> like he wants to unlock you through repentance, through humility, through confession. I remember when I, um, you know, was about 25 years old, about almost 20 years ago, I was in this room and Lynn was, Pastor Lynn, she was running a Living Waters course and, and the course was designed, it was all about uh, emotional health and well-being and owning your stuff and getting healed so you could be free and it was really radical for that day and I remember having a group of guys at that time where I just I said things that I'd I'd confess things I never thought I'd tell I, I I talked about my addictions and my struggles and my failings and just owned all of the stuff and said this is the stuff I'm not proud of I I talked about how the bullies you know smacked me in the head at school and 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 Chuck dry grass down my throat and I ended up with a scar on my face. You know, like I just I just got so real. And in that moment, 
as the Holy Spirit came in, and as the guys heard this and pronounced forgiveness and healing over my life, I got so radically free. I got so set free. I had deliverance. I like, man, I was messed up again because when you face that stuff, it's like it's as real as it was on the day. You know, I, I, but God healed me. And, and when I look back, that was more transformational than that. You know, the story I told at the start of being filled with the Holy Spirit and falling on the floor. And that was an amazing time as well. And God did things I don't even, I don't even know about. But if I could talk about my freedom journey, that the time of confession, that was powerful. And we've got, um, at the moment, John Delmada. Do you want to give us a wave, John? John's uh, starting a course for guys called A Father's Journey in uh, three weeks, I think it is about. Anyway, we've got dates in that for you if you're interested. And this is very much about a, a healing journey uh, set up for men, for guys to just get real and talk about life. And I want to encourage you, if you've never shared some stuff and you've locked some stuff away for years, no one knows about it, do this course. You'd never regret it. You'd never regret it. You'll find freedom and you'll find brother, you know, brotherhood at another level. So make sure you, you chat with John um, today or grab one of the uh, flyers that we've got at Info this morning because, man, God has got freedom for you. He doesn't want you to go on just carrying the sins of the past, just like, that's who I am. That's what I did. That's who I am. <laughs> that's what I did. He wants you to be, it wants to be cut off. Jesus said he wants to separate it as far as the east is from the west. You know, he's talking about throwing it in a sea of forgetfulness. He doesn't even want you to remind him. Stop reminding him. You know, like it's, it has been done. But if you're in a cycle, then that cycle needs to be broken. You may still carry some of the scars of the past, but let them be just reminders of actually who you aren't, but who you are in Christ Jesus today. The second R is receive. Receive. Repentance is, I may have made some bad decisions, but I choose to walk through this gateway of grace. I choose you, Jesus. I choose to think differently. I choose to go in a different direction, but I do all that because I am a recipient of your amazing kindness. I have received this grace to walk differently and to think differently. Grace and mercy declares shame off you today. Shame off you. Shame off you. You don't have to carry that shame anymore. Receive freedom today. And right now, in Jesus' name, if there's anyone in this room struggling with guilt and condemnation and shame, we break that. We break that. We just thank you for your word that says there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And we thank you, Lord. We thank you for your healing work starting and people's hearts who have been carrying shame and guilt right now in Jesus' name. Freedom. We are called to be free. This is what this is about. This is what repentance is about. It's about freedom. It's about coming into freedom. And in Matthew 4.17, New Testament says, From that time, Jesus began to preach and say, You must change your hearts, for the kingdom of heaven has arrived. You must change your hearts. 
for the kingdom of heaven has arrived. In some translations, it says, repent for the kingdom of heaven has come near. It's just like, hey, there's a better option. <laughs> it's like, come and get involved with a new way of living. And that, that word is, uh, the Greek word is metaneo. Uh, it's metaneo, and, it's, and, and this borrows something from the Greek language here because metaneo, is, it means to have another mind, to have a new concept, to receive a new way of thinking. And the Greeks were all about wisdom and philosophy and, and leaning into this way. So this word, uh, the repent word, was a part of their language as well, outside of Christ. It just means a change of heart and a different way of thinking. It doesn't mean guilt and shame and condemnation. It means a different perspective. And so Jesus is actually saying when he says, you must change your heart for the kingdom of heaven has arrived. He's saying, man, there's such a better option for you. There's a new way to think. Stop thinking about heaven as just your destination, but think about heaven as being a part of the journey now on your destination. Jesus didn't come so you could click your ticket and get to heaven. He came to actually give you a whole lot of cash so that you could be empowered in life. When I say cash, I mean currency. I mean credit, heaven's credit for your life. In Acts 3.19, it says this, And now you must repent and turn, metaneo, to God so that your sins will be removed and so that times of refreshing will stream from the Lord's presence. Times of refreshing will stream from the Lord's presence. And so this dimension of repentance, yes, it's head and heart, a different way of thinking, but it's, and it's a posture of ownership. But the transaction is all about what do you receive? Refreshing from heaven, the streams of heaven the streams from the Lord's presence being around your life. I just, for some reason, I'm just thinking of a bedroom right now, and I just feel like there's some someone here who's just been feeling really isolated when you go to your room. It's like, oh, this is my space. I get to be real, and yet it's really cold, and you feel like I'm just like, I don't like this space anymore. I don't like this environment. I don't like who I am, and so I just want to pray. If that's anyone right now, if you like finding yourself isolated in your room, Holy Spirit, just Lord, for whoever's sitting there right now feeling isolated in that location, we just declare your presence over that room. We declare your goodness and your peace over that person's life, God, that when they look in the mirror, when they come into their own space, that they would know who they are in Christ Jesus. Amen. You know, God sees everything. He sees everything about us. And, and in Psalm 139, at the Bible, he says he sees everything. He's, nothing's hidden from God. Every, it, where, where you sit, where you lie, where, he knows the thoughts of your heart. And that's why Jesus went to the cross. He went here so the hidden things of our life may be revealed and healed. Not revealed and shamed, but revealed and healed. And maybe today it's a day where there's someone here who needs to actually embrace the message of the cross today for the first time or just for the place of healing that you need. For that thing that you need to be healed from just at the right time, Christ Jesus died for you.
He died for you for where you're at today. I was listening um, to a voice message on my answer phone this week. Now, let me just say this. I'm terrible with voice messages, so it was a miracle that I was on my phone listening. There's every chance that you may have left a voice message sometime in the last six months, and I haven't heard it. That's probably a slight exaggeration, but... Anyway, so I'm listening to this voice message, and it was a reasonably long message. And then during the course of the message, I find myself going, hmm, yep, uh-huh, yeah, no, that's good. Yeah, that's, I agree with that. And then I realize that it's a voice message and no one's actually talking to me. <laughs> it was like... And I'm in a room full of people uh, as well, and I look up to see if anyone's, like, looking. <laughs> and I pretend that I'm in conversation a little bit and say, yeah, that's good. Okay, bye. <laughs> I'm repent. I'm confessing. <laughs> you know, one-way conversations are often awkward, especially that one. That was going nowhere. You know, unless we delete the messages that have been left on the answer phone of our life and our history, we're never going to be able to build well because those messages, every time we go to that place, to that phone, they're going to be waiting there to speak to us. No matter how many things, how many phone calls I get, you know, on top that I miss, on top of that message. There's going to be messages there, but that message, unless I go in and I specifically delete that message, it's going to be waiting there for me. God wants us to be transformed with the renewing of our mind. It's another dimension of repentance. And the third R is to renew. Because are the same old messages playing in your head? <laughs> is your mind kind to you, the, the Greek breakdown of this word metaneo is, is meta, which means change, and then neo is, is understanding or to think upon, to, to ponder or consider. I love meta, I love metaneo, I love that, that that is actually an opportunity for us. God's saying there's an opportunity for you to think differently, to believe differently, and to delete the old messages that we have been listening to. You know, if I was ever to get lost in the woods, if I was ever in the deepest of darkest of New Zealand jungle, the way that I'd want to get out, I'd just want to set my locator beacon off and I'd want a helicopter to just come over and rescue me out of the woods. I mean, who wouldn't? That's, that's way better than trying to find your own way out. It's like, find me, find me, and then we're out of there. But do you know... I've been lost in my own headspace a lot of times. <laughs> I've been lost and it feels like I am totally in the jungle. And I can't remember a time where the Holy Spirit has just come in and rescued me out of my headspace without me actually pursuing truth and me trying to find a way out. And if you're feeling lost in your own headspace, God, just, you're a part of this journey of freedom. 
He wants to lead you into all truth. That's what the Holy Spirit's commission is for us. He wants to lead us into all truth. He wants to lead us away from and delete those messages that we've been telling ourselves and lead us on this pathway of freedom. God isn't just going to rescue us. He's going to renew us. He wants to renew the thoughts you have about yourself do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then, important, then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. That then is a powerful then. Because if we stay lost in the woods, if we stay listening to the same messages we've always listened to and we seek not to transform, we will not discover God's call and will for our lives. If you're stuck today, if you're drowning today, don't do it on your own. Do it with the Holy Spirit, but do it with someone else around your life. Reach out, say help, I'm stuck, I'm lost in the world. I love that word, transform it. The Greek for this is metamorphosis. So morph is to change, is, is shape or form. And meta, once again, is change. God's saying change. He's calling us to change. He's given us the grace to change. And if we want to experience a new pathway of freedom in God, we have to confront our roadblock. We have to face it and replace it. That's just how truth operates. When we believe a lie, we're not going to get truth. When we believe truth, we get freedom, which is a bonus on the side. <laughs> At the end of most days, I, I take a moment um, at bedtime. And, and I guess you could call this a renewal process. And I just sort of go, God, Holy Spirit, what do I need to leave from this day behind? What, is there any offense from any conversations I've had? Is there any anger? Is there any frustration? Is there any bitterness? Has anyone hurt me? And I'm just like, oh, gosh. If I felt misunderstood, what do I need to leave behind? What do I need to renew my mind on? What do I need to repent from? What do I need a different idea for? Holy Spirit, speak to me. Speak to me about where you're leading me. And I just take a moment to filter, to filter with Jesus around my identity and my purpose. And I just, you know, there's a filter that he has given us by grace. It's the Holy Spirit. Take a moment at the end of every day to just like replay the messages. Do I need to keep that one? No, delete, that's going. I can't build with that message. <laughs> it's, not, it's not adding to my life. It's eroding who I am. Who do I need to go back to? and say, help me understand why you said this. That verse, you know, those who have clean hands, pure hearts, may ascend to the hill of the Lord. 
And this is about together. This is about us pursuing peace together. This is about us pursuing, you know, relationship and this, this vision of family that God has so that no one gets left behind, so that no one is isolated, struggling somewhere in life. God is calling us in in this season to be realer than we've ever been, to be perhaps more courageous than we've ever been or never been. And I want to invite you, church, <laughs> like this is good. This is a good journey to come and be a part of. Can we just grab the band up? It'd be awesome. So today, do you need to respond? Do you need to respond by just being real? about where you're at? Do you need to receive something fresh from God? Do you need to just do that washing once again? If you've, been, if you've realized that you've just been under condemnation, it's like, I don't even need to, that's not who I am anymore. Is he inviting you into a process of renewal to delete some of the messages that have not been helpful? I just wonder if you wanted to stand with me right now. Thanks again for tuning in to the Thrive Church weekly podcast. Stay up to date with everything that is happening by following us on social media.